This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Honestly, I was so excited for you guys to meet. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Y'all are going to roast the fuck out of me. <laughs> like the two of you together. Yeah. No. I'm going to try to keep that to a minimum today. This but brings we'll me see. so much joy, though. <laughs> She's a good one. Keep her, keep her around, Danny. She's a good one. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. You're the one in question. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the one on the chopping block. Yes. Yeah. You okay. are the one in the hot seat today. And if you guys haven't figured it out, this episode, we are welcoming Danielle's new boyfriend, Michael. Welcome to the WOMAD. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for a while, so appreciate it. And I'm so excited that we get to do this in person. It's New oh Year's God, Eve weekend. We have big plans tonight. So we've been, you know, we've got a lot going on, but we needed to make sure that this happened in person. So it was so funny because this morning we just went to go grab a coffee so we could kind of like prepare for the episode. Danielle and I could get all of our gushing Meet and catching up, catching up done really quick. And I was sitting there drinking my coffee and this girl kept looking over at, I thought was looking at me. And I was like thinking, oh, fuck, like, is this one of my old nursing students? Who is this girl? Like, oh, God, I don't recognize her. What's this girl's name? And then she comes up to us and asks, hey, are you guys the ones that were on The Bachelor? And I was like, oh, wait, I'm with famous people right now. You know, it's not all about you, Jeff. (laughs) It was a very humbling moment. The term famous is really hard for me to grasp because I don't feel like any of it is earned. You know, the majority of people. Which is relevant. Yeah. (laughs) Like we happen to be on a show. We happen to get casted and now people recognize us. But I don't view any of it as fame. No, it's like recognizability. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But people don't come up to me much. And I don't know if I'm putting out like a bitch vibe or not, which like scares me because I'm like, people will ask and and like DMs like, do you like it when people come up and say hi? I'm like, yeah, sure. Come on up. Say hi. Like, please do. But yeah. Yeah, I think no one ever does. (laughs) When I when I when I got off Katie's season, I like grew a beard. And so, like, nobody recognized me when I got off Katie's season in person. Your glow up was really hot. Thank you. Here's here's the thing. I'm looking back at like what Look at, wait, can we just pause that Danielle is already you're roasting. That was a mini roast right there. Look was at you, it you're, really? you're learning. I was no, I mean that was honest. He was really hot. Backhanded guys. roast. Thank you. I'll take it. You know, I was just like this like suburban oh dad thing. I just got I was, it. Wait, what's this? I just got the backhanded roast. Oh, like I looked really bad before? Exactly. It's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I'd rather have I'd rather have it go that way than the other way, you know, mm-hmm. where it's Fair. like you used to be better looking. That's just a shot in the stomach. So <laughs> either way. Well, regardless, it definitely took. I was like, oh, I'm with. OK, recognizable people. So very exciting. But Danielle, you said that doesn't happen to you. I don't believe you can't put on a bitch face. So 
Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe too many men have come up to me. Why aren't you smiling? And so I just internalized that I have a RBF face. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I think you're approachable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree with Michael me. on that one. I think you're very approachable. Yeah. You tackled So me on the that beach. leads me into <laughs> what I want to talk about. So we have to address the fact that you guys met on national TV. And obviously, yes. mm-hmm. I have talked to Danny at extent about her experience and from start to finish, the entire experience of going on Bachelor in Paradise. And now, finally, Michael, I have you sitting next to me. So, okay, but first, I need to interject the fact that. Jack was the very first person that I called. Like, I texted you from Michael's phone. I remember that. And I was like, like, very first person. I didn't even tell my parents. I texted Jack first from Michael's phone. I'm like, this is Michael's phone. (laughs) And we we, we FaceTimed, didn't we? We did. We FaceTimed right away. And you were Mm -hmm. getting ready to go to Italy. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was such a strange time, Danny, when you were on the beach and I couldn't talk to you. A lot of people have asked that question regarding the podcast. Like, if Danielle went on Paradise, she's not allowed her phone. What did you guys do? Basically, we just batched a bunch of episodes ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I had Danny just like record some videos for social media and you went on paradise and i didn't talk to you for the longest i've ever not talked to you it was insane yeah the woman group chat was lit when i got back <laughs> it was like danny's been spotted here <laughs> did y'all see this article? riding a donkey yeah uh-huh no that that photo was in there <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah our womad group chat was we had a lot of theories we were had a lot of questions we were just like waiting anxiously until danielle returned to the group chat but michael I need to know, when Danielle walked down on the beach, what was your first impression of her? I mean, there's some <laughs> there's some backstory because Danielle and I had exchanged some DMs in the past because of our shared experience with, you know, grief, but we never met in person. And I think I was happy that there was somebody that I could very much relate to. Less youthful? Yes, yes. Less youthful. God, I'm so horrible. (laughs) My God. That was another roast. You're doing good. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, but I I think it was somebody that, you know, I had a lot of admiration for and someone that I respect as a a person. What what was in my stomach was, she's obviously beautiful. You don't know if there's going to be a spark you don't know how that chemistry is going to happen. And then there's also fear that, you know, you could be pursuing a relationship with a friend. There's a lot more at risk. You could lose that friend and you can tarnish that. And so you're at this point where it's like, do I love having this friend or do I take that risk and try to make it into something greater? Spoiler alert, Naomi has both. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sex and a best friend. <laughs> yes. That's the goal, right? That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's what we're all that's looking the for. Dream. Sex, love, and a best friend. Yeah. So yep. catch us up really quickly where we're at right now, relationship-wise. Well, I have been doing a ton of job hunting. I've got some great offers, like great potential jobs to work at which is new for me, like feeling like I'm the one kind of like being pursued in like the job arena and like kind of having this pick almost to find like what's going to be the best 
fit? Like what's going to be most comfortable, safest, most secure fit job wise? Because I mean, we've talked about this before. Women having their own financial security is number one. Yes. And so like that's where I'm at right now. And Michael's been the greatest. He went and searched a ton of apartments for me. So like next, no, like a week and a half, I'll be back up there do some apartment hunting and um, final like job interviews, job shadows, stuff like that. And then I'll be moving up. I know. I it's It's been really cool seeing her go into these job interviews. I actually went into one with her. Yeah, I didn't accidentally. know. Accidentally. Like, total, totally accidentally. Like, yeah. I didn't know that was going to be like a we did we did it we did like a tour of like a, a a med spa or clinic like and, what are you gonna do sit in the car and she's like, like you want to come, come in and see the like, place i'm them. like yeah sure absolutely and then they bring me into the room and they're interviewing her and i'm like sitting there it was there. so awkward jack it yeah. was so awkward yeah just on <laughs> the boyfriend like, couch how do i get <laughs> him out yeah and here i am this. like asking questions <laughs> Like, I'm part of it. I can't help it. I don't know when to shut up. I'm like, these people are going to think like I can't like think or act for myself. But that's also funny because another person reached out to Michael and was like, hey, really interested in having Danielle work for us. Like, wow. um, Can we set up a meeting? And I'm like, so the the men are setting up a meeting. It's not like that. (laughs) It's not like that. I know, Mm. but it was so funny. Well, I told her I it was to, it, the guy reached out over Facebook and she doesn't have Facebook. Yeah, I'm never on Facebook. Well, yeah. regardless, we love a supportive boyfriend. Yes. Oh, like the most supportive. And you guys really seeing you in person now, it's so apparent how much of a team you are. And oh, thank you. I think something I'm sure a huge piece of that is we're all obviously a bit older in this room compared to what the normal bachelor nation is looking at. And you guys had to jump into real life really quickly. How has that transition gone? Obviously, you're talking about you know a move and a job. These are huge things. But you guys went from paradise to real life very quickly. Did you have those conversations on the beach beforehand? I mean, I feel like I was so tentative with you because... A, I had so many guards up. I knew Michael had a ton of guards up. I didn't realize how guarded I was on the beach. Like you were like trying to like pull so much out of me. But I knew James, especially, was such like a tender subject for you. And I was very careful in that because, you know, producers are constantly like, so do, are you in love? Do you even tell him? Like, are you going to get engaged? Like, how are you feeling? Are you ready for that? And I'm like, I haven't even met his son. Right. Like, this is bi- this is bigger than the the ratings that you're trying to get right now. So, yeah, I, I think it it probably makes for bad, bad TV, TV at times. <laughs> but when you're really when you have a lot at stake and you're taking things very seriously, you're not really cognizant of the timelines set forth by production or the show or what america wants <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> Sorry, our, our our biggest obstacles weren't on the beach they were after the show when we were trying to arrange our life together and try to figure out how logistically this is going to work and also knowing each other romantically when the cameras aren't ro- like rolling which for us we were both very like 
awkward on TV. And I, I would argue this, that if you aren't awkward on TV, what are you are you taking any of this seriously? Because it is awkward. Like it's we are it's, so awkward. it's weird. It's horrifying. Like you're having conversations. There's cameras literally a foot from your face. And you you're know, like this angle is going right up. Oh, right up. Yeah, where, right. Like, I really don't yeah. want it going out. <laughs> exactly. Like if you are coming across supernatural with a camera six inches away from your face while you're making out with someone, then maybe something's wrong. It's a little bit a little of a red flag. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she is. I guess pleasantly surprised me like every step of the way and we continue to to grow as as a couple and I told her this like and I and I mean this like true testament of like love and of a relationship is when you walk into a room with your partner and you know that everybody's looking at her and with this one like there's a level of just admiration and respect that I have for her. and you know it's like there's no bigger prize than to actually have somebody that you know you respect on a high level you know you have that friendship and you know they can make you better as a person too you're you're proud like it sounds like yeah. it encompasses the fact that you're you're proud that this is my partner exactly and i've never understood you know the the jealousy component in a relationship that sometimes exists because it's like it's a it's a team effort. I mean, we're we're both individuals and we have to seek out individuality, but you celebrate their wins because, you know, you guys are both a part of it. And can I can I have like a proud girlfriend moment yeah, right I'm, here? I, that was so I'm like, I'm trying not to cry. That was so thoughtful and so sweet and and it's true though danielle is a very special woman yeah and i am just so like you see it yes and, and don't so, worry they're gonna roast the fuck out of me later <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. this now. is what i like to do this we, we build sweet, her up and, the and sour then, comes later. then we break her down no I, I i think it's i think it's true though it's it's a different level of of support and i think it's a, a place everyone can can get to and she just made it really easy for me to get there. I just told you to get out of your own way. <laughs> yeah, which which I had to. And I think you did, too. And I think a lot yeah. of people have to get out of their way. It's um, one thing I'm trying to learn more of is I don't need to predict the future. I need to be more present, you know, and allow things to happen organically. And I mean, I was at I was at a point you know, when, you know, Laura was diagnosed with cancer, where I think anybody can relate to this, where you're living from, you know, your day in and day out, then there's scan day, and then there's chemo day, and there's all of this. And it's like, you just have to win the day. And I found myself being so far ahead, that I was missing everything right in front of me the entire time. So it's like, I'm coming back to that place where you know, you realize that there's like all of this joy around you on a regular basis and you can't overlook it or else you're just floating around endlessly. So you both have touched on the fact of your grief being such a integral part of where you're at now and how comforting it is to have a partner that gets it and that understands as an outsider watching the show, that was a major theme that kept coming up was this, the grief, the grief, the grief. 
I think also the fact that Danny has been is a nurse and was a NICU, a NICU nurse for over 12 years and you have a son. It's like these like storylines of, of grief and how you know beautiful. And that's all wonderful. And I, I know it's it's extremely true, but I'm curious what other parts about your relationship did we not get to see? Because yeah. I think as an outsider, it's like the story of the grief, the grief is like, I know, Danny, it's a huge thing that you, you've you overcome and that mm -hmm. you're still going through. But that's not you. It's, it's just a like piece of you. It's what defines us. Right. And I think we've both worked really hard to not have that define us. But we also recognize how important it is for people who are grieving, who are in um, similar situations to ours to see something good that can come out of it which like you can't necessarily like when you're like that deep in it like you can't necessarily see like the outside of it you know right but like but like watching like that happen for someone else like kind of like starts to get the wheels turning like thinking about that or like kind of bringing some of that help so like that's something we've talked about a lot in that like yeah, we we talk about grief like we're grateful that we can get that because these things like different things will come up. You'll get triggered at different points, but that's not all day, every day. No. And there's so much else. And like people think like, oh, they just talk about grief. They're just like talking about their exes. Well, that's 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 what the show wanted to highlight. I mean, yeah. I think I think there's a powerful message in there. And I mm -hmm. think with grief, I I think the audience reacted to it the same way the real world reacts to it, which is talk about it, but don't talk about it too much. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a major problem um, as a as a whole, because people want to be supportive in the beginning, but then timelines are created on people and they're asked to, you know, we already covered that. Now it's time to move forward. And it's like it mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. It's not a linear process yeah. and you know it comes up in different ways it disguises itself in different yeah. ways and comes to the surface but it's by it's not even close who we are as people i mean we're like wildly like goofy and oh my god we like, laugh all the time yes we are so fucking weird yeah yeah oh like <laughs> but like really weird. and i learned like, this about danielle like danielle yeah, is like though. you're dork and like that's like yeah. one of my favorite things about you like you're just a straight up dork <laughs> yeah yeah i will say one of my favorite things and i love that james gets in on this too but like if we're like walking around somewhere like i'll just stop and i'll look at james and we'll just be like yeah we'll like, she's shimmying i know there's no shimmying. video <laughs> yeah, and like right. <laughs> or we'll just be like weird and like make weird faces at each other like we'll just like you know, sometimes you just got to get that weirdness out. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hide it. It doesn't lay dormant. It forever. doesn't. It finds no. its way out. But you are wildly funny. Thank you. Like, <laughs> we have we have so much fun together. See, I like um, my favorite thing is making her uncomfortable. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> so cringy. I know. I will purposefully say the worst, cringiest things at the best possible What's like time. the most like the latest? Oh, that? I mean, I. I oh, God. I if I'm. <laughs> like when isn't it? Yeah. But like when she gets uncomfortable, she wants to like crawl into her shell and it like breathes life into me. <laughs> like and she's like, why do you keep doing this? I'm like, 
because I love it. I feed off like sarcasm and I feed off making her so uncomfortable. And I was like, if you want me to stop, quit giving me. I know. This great reaction. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. I feel like Danielle's getting uncomfortable as he's just she talking is. about I'm it. Like, right I'm now. like, I'm like, moving further away. I'm just like further into the corner on the couch. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Michael, I love something that you mentioned in regards to being in the public eye about everyone having an opinion about, well, you you can talk about grief. We want to hear about your grief, but not too much. Yeah. And obviously being in a position where the both of you were on national TV in the public eye, people are going to have lots of opinions. This entire process of when the show was airing and then after the show, the reunion, People were not always kind to you on social media. No, not at all. So let's dive into that a little bit. What were some of those those tweets, some of those things that people were saying? There was a time when people were saying, oh, Michael needs to go to therapy. Michael needs to go to therapy. Yeah. I mean, that was a big thing was that, you know, because people are watching me on TV, everyone is saying, you know, why aren't you with your son? You abandon your son. You know, um, you're not ready for marriage. Like, you're still not over Laura. Spoiler alert. Anyone on that show is not ready to get yeah, married. Yeah. Like, you are going to question <laughs> the one guy on the beach that was with the same girl for 16 years that was happily married. Yeah, and actually, and you're a, questioning yeah. my commitment. Uh-huh. Um, like, get out of here. Um, <laughs> but there was also people like, this man doesn't need a girlfriend. He needs a therapist. Exclamation points. Like. I'm going to therapy like I go to it. The fact that I talk about it as openly as I do proves that point. And it's a part of the process. And it's like, if it's boring for you, then I can't help you with that. But I'm going to speak my truth as well. And, you know, there's there's tons of crazy comments like online. There was this one person that accused me of price gouging PPE during the pandemic. (laughs) Like, what a ridiculous ridiculous accusation and it's like how do you you know you could spend time trying to set all these people right and let them know how wrong they are right but that's energy and you're Mm -hmm. also validating these people that have no name they have no face they are they're anonymous they're trolls and it's like right you don't justify them right by defending it or trying to defend it it, it's just putting more into something that's completely false yeah yeah yeah, I mean, things that are blatantly false. But also, I want to like circle back here because Jack and I love mental health. We talk about mental health all the time. Yelling at someone that they need to go to therapy and like, ther- and in effect, trying to therapize someone else when, hey, you don't have a degree. You are stigmatizing therapy. Yes. You are not making that a safe or accessible thing for people to go to. Like, no one's going to read your angry tweet and be like, you need to go to fucking therapy. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess yeah. I can do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not. It's like I need to go to the therapy after all these comments I'm reading. <laughs> Danielle, how else? How what was that like for you being in now this relationship with Michael when the show was airing and then after, during the reunion and after watching him having to deal with all of this other outside it was really wild 
because when I was on, like Instagram had just started becoming a thing. Influencers. On next season. Yeah, on next yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It was just starting to become something. Like, no one knew exactly what it was. Um, people were like, oh, you're just going to quit your job and become an influencer now, aren't you? You know? And it, like, people weren't as mean. I mean, like, they were still cruel. There was still, like, all, like, the cyberbullying and stuff like that. But On MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? When, when did you go on next season? Um, uh, it aired 2017. <laughs> <laughs> My face is dead. But it was it was so different. I feel like as and that was one of the things in thinking about going back on the show was that I've watched Twitter and Instagram and everything become so much meaner and more cruel and people become so much more entitled to into things that they feel like are okay to say to real people because there's more access to them. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to open that up. But then it was also like, well, you know, like I didn't really get that much hate from Nick season, you know, like I'm a good person. Like Michael, like genuinely like the good people, I mean, good people. You know, that makes me sound like super privileged and protected on the show. But I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. But then it just was, there was no relief from it. What Like Michael and I thought was like, we were excited for people to watch this back. You know, like hopeful that like people in like the widower and like grief communities would be like, oh my God, this is a chance for like something really good and like beautiful to be on TV, to give like people hope, to be able to give like a voice to people who are in um, or have like gone through really dark situations. And it was like that was completely glossed over. Yeah. I mean, I would say the majority of DMs I've gotten from people, you know, who are grieving have been I mean, all of them have been incredibly powerful and and Mm -hmm. accurate. And they're like, you're saying it as it is. And I think at any point, if that community were to criticize me, I would have really taken it to heart Mm -hmm. because I never would want to, uh, you know, misspeak or or downplay what people have to go through on a regular basis. Um, So I was really happy that it seemed for the most part when we discussed it, that that was well received. Even through all the criticism, I realized that you know, to the audience, we're not people, we're characters on their TV. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of separate yourself from what's being portrayed. You know, when you are getting tons of um, like love, that can't bring you up. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting hate, you can't allow that to bring you down. You can't allow anybody ever to have power and control over your own self-worth. And so... For me, it was a lot easier this time around because I knew at the end of it, I had Danny. And so it was like we could talk about it. And there was actually even in the hardest parts, it it was like, but we have this great thing that we're working on in real life. All this other stuff is. Yeah, it's just noise. You both have brought up the widower community. Does that feel like there's a certain amount of pressure that you in some way are a spokesperson for? or a face or that you have have to say something. I know, Danielle, your DMs have always since, you know, we talk all the time. I know your DMs 
since the first time you went on Nick's season have always been full with people sharing their stories and you've had to learn boundaries over time. I'm just curious, like what are some of those boundaries? Do you respond to DMs and how do you manage all of that? I've really had to like really put up boundaries with that because again, it's it's who are you giving out all of this energy to, but also trying to think about, well, what's the best way to try and like help or explain to like the most amount of people. And I feel like that's just by like living and sharing like my journey through this process. And because like you can't like you can't message everybody like every everybody's going through something like you just no human has the capacity to give out all of it without losing something of themselves. Yeah. I mean, I try to I agree with that. And you do have to create those boundaries. I think for me, it's like getting these deep DMs with like five paragraphs talking about cancer journeys and, you know, people's situation. You're like, this person put so much into this message. How can I not reply? But then you reply and then there's another question and then it becomes a whole conversation. And, you know, you really hope that these people reaching out have their own support uh, around them that can help them 24 seven. It's sometimes it's just not the case. And so like one thing I was doing was doing uh, Instagram lives and people could uh, request to join. And it was the people that follow me and I'd have them on. And it was like, let's just have a real conversation about whatever's going in your life because everyone has a, a story to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we happen to be on a show, but everyone's life is important. Ours isn't any more real or special. It's just it was just shown in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. On top of that community, there's another community that I think really resonates with you, and that is being a single parent. With what you're comfortable with sharing, I want to hear a little bit more about what representing that community has looked like. And then, of course, with this new woman coming into your life, (laughs) into both of your lives, (laughs) I should say. I guess I have to preface this. I'm not qualified to be a spokesperson for anything, like anything whatsoever. The the thing that I'm always just trying to do is speak honestly and real. I think I think a lot of times social media it's always this highlight reel, right? Everyone's life is just perfect. Everyone's jet setting and they're on beaches and they're wearing the best clothes. But we lose a amazing opportunity to connect with people over our shared struggles, like as people on this earth together. And, you know, as far as single parents are concerned, it's incredibly difficult to manage a career, you know, make sure that all of your kids needs are met. Um, maintain your individuality outside of the household. So you're not just a parent, you're so much more. And literally anytime I post a video where I am somewhere else, number one comment, where's James? Where's oh my James? God. Like I I started getting it. Oh yeah. It's 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 wild. It's like, listen, like we left him at home with some microwave meals to yeah, for himself. Yeah, I, I left him a week's worth of food on the floor, you know, and like what? Yes, he's not with us. Like I used to travel a ton for work. I used to be gone 
you know, for, you know, weeks at a time, if I probably added up a year, like on the road for four months out of the year. And when Laura passed away, like I'm the primary, I had to give up all of that. But I think, you know, me going out and pursuing happiness and having fun and also being around him 24 seven, like I am, that's okay. And happy parents make happy kids. There's no kid that is looking up at their parent. If that parent did this whole martyrdom role where it was like, I gave you everything. I, you know, you owe me this. That's called a narcissistic parent. Yeah, that, 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 that kid is, <laughs> totally. the, the kid is looking up there and looking at the parents being like, is this what growing up looks like? It looks miserable. You know, and so it's like you have to be an example to them that you can grow old, you can, you know, redefine yourself at any moment and you go out there and pursue and it's never too late. I know he's yeah, he'll cry if I start talking too much about how great of a daddy is. Um, But it's really, really special to see his relationship with James and James is so, so happy, so all taken care of. He has so many people in his life that love him and there's just. Oh, every I always say it like every kid deserves a dad like like this one. Well, now that we have Danielle on her like really sweet talk. (laughs) When did you know you were in love with Michael? Mm. It's like falling asleep slowly. Because it's it wasn't there wasn't like one moment that I was like, no, like I love you. It's just like constantly been falling in love with you. Oh, I. It's so fucking cheesy, but it's so true. That may be your tattoo tonight at the bar. <laughs> Falling asleep slowly. That was really beautiful. Did it was really beautiful. That? So... that was really nice. I mean, that's just what it, it just, it was like every single time we spent together, it just kept getting better than the last. And I never thought like anything could top it. And it's, I just, yeah, yeah just kept falling fucking in love with you. <laughs> That's so sweet. Wow. I've never heard that before. That's really nice. All right, Michael, same question. Oh, same question. Um, it's like waking up slowly. I don't have the poetic uh, yeah, points. Fuck. I mean <laughs> I, I, How do you follow that? I, yeah, right. Um I think I think for me it was first getting out of my way because I had the right person in front of me. I had to get out of my way. Um, It wasn't just me by myself, but it was because of you. I had to get out of my way. And for me, we had just, I mean, we were having so much fun together. She was who I thought she was and more. And it's the, it's the consistency and the level of like vulnerability and willingness to listen and and share and grow and all of those things that seemed you know that things are like parallel it's like we're not the same person whatsoever and the things that make us different are what make us better as a couple and for me i think we had a couple like really honest and tough conversations and I know that there wasn't necessarily like agreement about those. I'm not even going to talk about them, 
but you know what I'm talking about. But it was the way in which she was able to handle like receiving information she didn't want. She didn't come angry at me. She was very empathetic and understanding, like incredibly mature. And it was it was really like there there's a part where you can tell the quality of somebody based on the way that disagreements occur. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like there isn't a you know, he wins, she wins scenario. Like you go into a disagreement seeking to understand. And if you go in that way, then there isn't any winners or losers and disagreements are like opportunities to grow closer. Wow. I mean, first of all, such like a great quality for a partner. Yeah. Like that is such an important quality when you're thinking of a long-term partner. And I can attest because as Danielle's work wife, (laughs) We have had arguments and conversations before. I'm for sure the one that is more tempered, that Italian spicy fire in me. (laughs) And there have been times where I come in hot with Danny, like hot. And she always comes back with such composure. It makes me feel stupid. Yeah. Where I'm like, I am sorry for being such a fucking asshole. Like, oh, my God. Like, and and it's so like it, it is not just you. That is just her. Oh, I, I know. I it's... don't do it to make you feel okay, like an asshole. Are... I like No, but you you are so calm and it really has taught me a lot about how to handle conflict. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Okay, I'm gonna literally make myself throw up. We are we are complimenting you way too much. Like your head is gonna not fit out this not. round. <laughs> I wanna end this little part one with one more really serious question about Danielle. Michael. Did you consider breaking up with Danielle when you saw how swollen her ankles were? Oh my god in Mexico? <laughs> It wasn't just the ankles. It was like a full like knee down. Yeah. Yeah. The lower half was struggling. (laughs) Really was. Can we talk about why you got so swollen? Like what was happening? Um, I think I've got like some vein issues. Clearly, Um, I've got this like big old vascular like maybe like a varicose vein sitch, but like both legs were so 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 hot. Um, hey, we don't body shame on no, this podcast. No, no, I'm saying it's, it's um, I'm but into it, it. like the edema just really gets oh, going. Like, but it was so hot down there, like half the people had very swollen lower extremities, and you're up all day. Like any nurse, any healthcare worker that has been on their feet for a 12 hour shift, yeah, add the heat in on that. Yeah. And my legs were so fucking swollen. Like the doctor that we had down there was like, if we weren't in the jungle right now, I'd fucking tap your knee. Like I can't, like these are so yeah swollen. Well, I know we get <laughs> swollen when we travel, and I then yeah, you so add in the, probably the salt from all the margaritas and the tacos, and I then the so alcohol. Attractive. The... I was like, I've got these fucking Shrek well, legs. Well, I've got to say, right I have a photo of Danielle's swollen ass legs, and I'm holding oh, on. To, I'm holding on Is to that it the baby wrapped ones. Yep, I'm holding yeah, on to it, it just in case I need it. No, it was it, it was it was special. Like I remember, I forget what night this was. I'd be like laying on the daybed with my feet propped oh, yeah. up, like all the, <laughs> like like in her like compression socks, like on the beach. Everyone else is in like thongs, like pouring shots on each other, and she's in like her Doctor Scholl's. Like <laughs> here we go, bring it on. And, well, no, no, no. Bring there was um there was that one time uh. Like we actually had like a night where like we didn't have a lot of things going on. And I was so excited to like hang out with you. And you're like, 
I'm so tired. I'm going to bed. I said, I would just beg to go to bed. Begging to go to bed. I was miserable. How he fell in love with me and like wanted to leave that beach with me. I don't know. I was like, this guy's going to think I'm just a fucking grandma. Like this old lady with these swollen legs. Like, no, I know my boundaries. And if there's not being filmed, like, I want to go. I need to sleep. Like, I'm not a spring chicken here on this beach. I cannot be up. Like, they kept us up to like. Five or six a.m. Sometimes. Yeah. See, I I actually don't mind staying I know up. You like, don't. I can I, I can operate literally off like three hours of sleep. Dad, you stuff. can. Yeah, I can go. He can. He's I can go dad. hardcore dad mode. I think. I think like early on, maybe I mean for maybe like three or four years, I was going off of like three hours a day, like taking care of James you know, running to like appointments and having work and like all of that. It was just nuts. You just get used to it. It's not healthy. I don't recommend it. Don't recommend. Yeah. Yeah. This is not zero out of 10. Yeah. Zero out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Awful life. It turns out single dads are more equipped for paradise than. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a huge advantage there. Yeah. But yeah. it sounds like you got to see the real Danielle. Oh, you yeah. He got all he fell in love. parts of me. You're happy here. I'm so, so grateful to sit down for this part one with you guys. You will have to tune in next week where to we're going to release part dos. part dos. Oh, we're still on the beach in Mexico. <laughs> okay, <laughs> part dos. So yes, next week we are going to be releasing part two. There's going to be more to come with Michael and Danielle. Yes. Yes. Um, And, you know, as always, please like, share, review the podcast because it helps Jack and I so much to get this in, uh, you know, more ear holes because we just want to bring you better and better content. And we know this has been a little like off the beaten path of normal WOMED content, but, you know, mental health is always, always the center focus of this podcast. So <laughs> we'll get into a little bit more healthcare based stuff in part two. On that note, WOMED out. Out.